Hello, podcast land. Um, welcome to Embodied Wellness with me, your host, Marjorie, and our other host, Milena. Um, this is our first episode, so we're just really thankful that you're here with us. Um, we're just two friends from two different parts of the world defining wellness on our own terms. Um, both of us have interesting backgrounds that help kind of shape the way that we view wellness. I'm currently a movement practitioner located in Edinburgh, Scotland, um, originally from Chicago, though, so recently moved here. I currently practice Pilates, yoga, ballet bar, and amateur aerial arts, so having a lot of different perspectives about um, movement during this podcast that I can bring in. I'm also an ex-school teacher, so... We'll have some interesting chats about maybe children, psychology, all that good stuff. And I'll hand it over to Milena. Hello, Focus Land. Um, this is Milena. I am a psychologist. Um, I've been really dedicating my last recent uh, work experiences on social projects. Um, I've been working really close with health centers and different type of populations from uh, rural communities and also uh, some places in the city that has the higher rates on um, drug-related crimes. Um, so this experience has um, led me to, um, to question, um, to question a lot. Uh, the concept that we have on health because it's definitely not something just individual, individual, but it's really um, more like a collective concept that we all have about health. And so um, this is what this space is about. This is basically what we want to do. Um, and what I like to do is to share uh, what these experiences have been teaching me and how um, how can we reframe a health concept that is more feasible for all of us because not everyone is the same and not everyone has the same um, stories and opportunities or privileges um, or the same concept of normality, for example. What, what is to be abnormal? Um, for someone in Panama City or for someone in Scotland. Um, so we want to share this both, um, these two uh, sides of the story, if you want to call it that way. But basically, um, I would like to invite everyone to uh, join us, to be part of this community that we want to build, to, to question the mental and social institutions that... That it that are currently govern um, governing our our health, our health as our wellness as a whole. Amazing. So if you're listening, um, we hope that in the coming episodes or today, um, maybe you'll find things that you relate to. If you have ideas for things that you want a more 
a deeper discussion on, please let us know. Um, today, we're just going to be doing an episode that's more of an introduction to who we are and what our story has been in terms of wellness and kind of helping us to reframe um, what wellness means to both of us, since both of us do come from more westernized countries. And so being able to kind of undo some of the learned behaviors and um, health as it uh, applies to capitalism and being able to really look back at our past and reflect on what brought us to this point of where we are now with our own personal practices. Yes. Um, we hope that you enjoyed this, that you can also suggest or um, any topics that you would like us to talk about or to go more in depth. Um, so please stay tuned. Stay tuned. So um, we want to start with our session, um, which is just going to be really a friends conversation. We have a couple of questions for each other. And I would like to introduce my first question. Um, but it's just um, reflecting on how the political forces that we all have been living in has established a narrative on decades ago about what is health, um, not because they understand it or because it, they have a really super evil plan, um, but it's just about what it's beneficial for, for profit. Um, so if you think about it, science isn't really that old. We are recently just starting to study our guts. Um, thus, we know so little about wellness in this side of the world because the market has taught us that wellness is about um, looking and feeling good. So I want to ask Marjorie, um, how does it how does it feel to be healthy for you in your own concept in terms? Oh, I love this question. I also love that we're coming in so hot today on the anti-capitalism agenda. She's <laughs> <laughs> really driving it home. But I love it. I'm here for it. Um, so yeah, what does it feel like to be healthy in my own body? I think the best way to think about it is really in contrast to all the times I felt so unhealthy, kind of living um, by standards and norms that were what the acceptable standard norms were and just kind of how I felt there. So I think mentally, um, like mentally just feeling really cloudy and weighed down and eating things that only made me feel either incredibly anxious or um, or would give me like inflammation in my brain that would just make me feel so depressed or I didn't want to get up and do anything. So I think starting with the mental, definitely being healthy for me implies like a mental clarity, like a, like a lightness of being able to um, be accepting of changes, being able to reflect, but just having that inner energy and optimism when you wake up in the morning that you just feel full up on life rather than 
weighed down, anxious, those other things that I described. So when I feel healthy, I feel, I feel up, I feel present, I feel um, just optimistic. And, and even like creative, I would say, I think I feel most creative when I feel my most healthy and kind of vice versa. I feel um, most healthy when I feel my most creative, like I'm in the process of um, creating art or a lesson or um, just even this podcast, for instance. Um, and then I think body-wise, I used to feel a lot of pressure just to have a certain type of physique, a certain type of body, which oftentimes involved really unhealthy habits of like starving myself, restricting food. Um, yeah, just a lot of food restriction that ultimately made me feel really lethargic, really, um, yeah, just like tingly and nervous in my body. Like I felt if I stood up, I might just collapse back onto the floor. <laughs> so sorry, what was that? No, no, I was just, I was laughing with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so I think that that's one of the things that really hits me when I think about what unhealthy feels like. So, so being healthy in my body to me means feeling strong, feeling like I can stand up, I can walk around as silly as that kind of seems, just that simple act of being able to like carry my body around and um, feel strong and stable and rooted uh, feels really good. That's what helps me feel healthy and not worrying as much about what does my physique look like aesthetically, thinking more about how does it feel on the inside? Like what things feel tight? Do things feel more relaxed and loosey-goosey? And then just finding like a nice inner equilibrium of um, strength, but staying flexible. And I think kind of sums up how what healthy feels like right. to me I think it's it's about to um this is the final thing being healthy in a way that is not self like sacrificial that is more about because I feel like sometimes there's this narrative especially in the west in that like you sacrifice things in order to be healthy. So you sacrifice eating something that's tasty in order to be healthy. You sacrifice eating sometimes in order to be quote unquote healthy. You sacrifice so much in order to be present for like to be caring and giving for others. And I think we don't have to have that self sacrificial thing happening in order to feel healthy. I think being healthy means allowing yourself to fill up. Um, Right. You feel good. To to yeah. To like fill up your own coat. Your own coat. Yeah. To your yeah, like your own sure. to suit yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's beautiful and I've been also thinking about it a lot because um and just for everything you said, I think I <laughs> you said so many things that I can relate to. Um my health concept has never been the same. It has been changing as I keep growing and having other experiences and reading new things and listening to other podcasts. Um, so I think that it's not necessarily like a bad thing to want to look good. 
um, aesthetically, that's definitely something that we are just wired for that, I think. Um, and it's not bad is if it's not healthy, if it's not unhealthy for you. Um, so if you're not sacrificing your nutrition, so it's not about eating to be full, but it's more about eating to be um, to help your organs really to uh, to eat to help your liver to to help your digestive system um, to eat consciously really um, and I think we and like in this side of the world we really don't necessarily see it that way there I'm, I'm sure there there is a lot of people out there that um, also resonate with us and 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 this but it's not necessarily the the narrative that we that we sustain um so for me um i think that that's what we want we want to question we want to we want to give other answers we want to listen your answers on on this um so i know that you have another question for me uh, I do. So I'll hand you the microphone. Our metaphorical <laughs> microphone because yeah. we are not together at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that that does kind of lead into my question for you, which is um, what was your first avenue into this world that we kind of call wellness? So sort of the... Uh, disowning of the like western more westernized kind of capitalist I idea of health um so what was your idea kind of in contrast to that what was your first avenue coming into this world of wellness that we're going to be talking about and also um what were your habits like up to that point so what was your first avenue in and then what were your habits kind of like up to that point Oh, I love that question. I think I can say that I kind of started with yoga, not because, not honestly, not because I had a deep thought that I wanted to be healthy and I, um, I wanted to sacrifice things or any of that. It was more because I, um, I have irritable bowel syndrome, so I. I've been struggling my whole life with my digestions. Um, and it was really just a couple of years ago that I actually was, was able to, to understand, to understand what happens in my body with the food that I put. And, and I realized thanks to yoga that those um, different poses that you do, some of them really help you to improve your digestive uh, system. So every time that I was having a really, really, really bad digestion, I would start doing yoga and it will help me sleep better. Um, and that's, I think that's what makes me uh, to be more compromised, really, because I was, I was seeing the benefits that I was getting out of it so 
in contrast, I think it's more difficult, for example, to go to the gym to lose weight because um, it's not necessarily you're going through a health issue, um, like directly, that will make you like, compromise. Like, okay, I'm going to do this because of this, this, and that, and that. And, but that's just me. That's, I'm sure there's people out there that can't do that. Um, but in my case, I needed to, I guess I needed that commitment with myself. Um, so after yoga, I started to um, just to wonder how would it, how would it feel like to be stronger, like physically? Um, so I started to, um, make like five push-ups and then like I'll start doing some planks and I was just like randomly doing these things, honestly, not really with any plan at all. Um, but I, the results were actually the thing that, that kept me on my feet. Um, and that's how I learned that consistency it's so important for anything that you want to do um so after after a couple of months doing yoga and um, doing push-ups and planks without any plan um I realized that it 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 was having a really uh really healthy impact in my life and that's how I started to to like introduce myself in this world of 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 wellness and 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 my own concept of health what what was that what was to to eat healthy so it is it is is it about just eating green things um is it about stop um eating fat or just junk food uh, so I started to make all these questions in my head and also trying to understand my own, my own system, how, how Milena works like internally. And so I, I really can deal with fat. Honestly, that's, I think my body, that's what my body hates fat. That that's, that's how it is. It, my guts attack me every time I eat fat. <laughs> So, and that was so hard for me to, to deal with because I live, I live in, in, in Panama, which is a, a country mainly populated by Latino people, Latinos, and we love fat, just stir fry and everything. <laughs> and everything, even in my house, in my household, um, my mom is not doing it anymore because I've been kind of also trying to get her into this, but it was really difficult because at that time, everybody thought that I was just trying to be mean and try to be picky. Um, oh, you just don't want to get fat and that's why you don't want to eat fat. Um, and yeah, like I, I noticed that everybody was making fun of me all the time. Um, so every time I had an IBS attack, literally, people be like, but how can you get sick if you eat well? How do you get sick if you take so much care about yourself? And that, it hurts. It, it, I, I can tell it hurts because 
people is just judging you. Um, but I, with time, I understood that it's not, it's not about, it, it wasn't something personal, you know, it was just, it was just this that we're talking about. It, it is, it is about this narrative that we all have and try to keep and try to sustain. Um, and we are going to definitely be talking about it more in depth as, as we keep doing this podcast, but it took me time to overcome those um, negative thoughts about my health and people questioning me all the time. Even my mom or my family would be really aggressive because I didn't want to eat pork or a huge piece of meat. And so I became vegetarian. So everybody got even more mad about me because being vegetarian like seven years ago was... Um, was horrible because people would be like, but you're not eating. And I had a, a full plate of beans and rice and vegetables and people still be like, that's not food. <laughs> you can't, you, if it doesn't have a piece of meat there, that's not food. I'm sorry. You're going to just die skinny. And so I, I had to go through a lot of mean comments um, and But you know what? That was good for my that that was good for my body. So I I just kept doing it. I just kept doing it. And then um, just recently I started to study about traditional Chinese food, um, traditional Chinese medicine uh, specifically. And I feel like I opened up a Pandora box <laughs> for me. That's how it feels. And that's what I want to be sharing. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of like my answers and thought about thoughts about um, how I started this. Uh, it was it it has been intense, definitely very 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 intense. Um, not only because of what people was telling me, but also because of I, what I was telling myself. So it was really difficult for me to. Um, for example, realize that I can't eat regular ice cream. Like, I just can't. Um, and if I was feeling good and I, I, maybe I was with a boyfriend or with a couple of friends, I want to go eat some ice cream. Um, and because I was feeling good at that moment, I will eat it. And then my gut will attack me. So... I was all the time struggling with this, feeling good and then feeling horrible, feeling good and then feeling horrible um, until I realized, no, Milena, you can feel good, but that doesn't mean you can't eat ice cream, okay? You're going to stop feeling good if you eat the ice cream. That's the whole point. That's what you need to understand. Otherwise, you're going to just keep falling and falling and falling. You have to accept the fact that you can't and just look for other for other things other options that that's not just what it is you know you can make maybe maybe you can start um learning how to do your own ice cream or just visit places that has um zero fat ice creams which i found and they're really good and i'm happy now but i guess at that moment really it was about me not wanting to feel abnormal and just deep down just wanting, wanting to be like everybody else you know wanting to be 
uh, quote unquote healthy um, and eat the young food that everybody was eating. Um, so yeah, it, it has been, it has been a really, a really long, a long road. (laughs) (laughs) I love, I love how your story highlights a lot of things that I think other people could relate to just in terms of your own journey to self personal health. Um, I really like how you talked about when you got into yoga for the first time and it was really, um, it, in the end, it wasn't what you anticipated it to be. And I feel like that happens so much where we try something new and different and our intentions behind it are actually like not always super pure. They're not (laughs) like the best. I think for me, um, I can definitely relate to that with movement and physical activity where kind of going into it with maybe not the healthiest mindset behind it, maybe not the most um, like what I would class as like self-love kind of mindset, but then being able to come out and be like, oh, actually, this is having some benefits beyond what I even comprehended. I, and I think for me, it also happened with food where I was such a picky eater for a long time. And I think some of that stemmed from disordered eating, uh, just being very afraid of food for the most part. Um, But then once I started trying all of these different foods and different cuisines and having like different spices in my body, um, and I think for me, I'm actually slightly the opposite, Milena, because I became a vegetarian when I was really young. So I was nine years old. And um, in retrospect, might not have been the best thing for my growing body because I was a picky eater who was not eating a a wide variety of fruits and veggies and beans. I was living a very unhealthy diet. (laughs) My husband always jokes with me as why I am so short now. But that's okay. I like being short. I'm okay with it. But, um, But yeah, just... All of a sudden, I like my whole world, the more I sampled different types of food, the more I was like, oh, I actually really like most food. And actually, now that I'm having more food, I'm noticing that not only is this food very tasty, but it's making me feel different ways. Like different foods will make me feel up or energetic. Other foods will make me feel calm and sleepy. Um, these foods, if I eat them before... I do something movement-based will make me feel a little lighter versus these foods will make me feel a little more weighed down. And so just being able to notice these things. And I was kind of sampling new food just to start to fit in and not be a picky eater, but it really opened everything else up and gave me a little, um, gave me, shown a little light into like, ooh, There have been a lot of unhealthy habits that now we're undoing and we're replacing with like some love and some yummy, tasty things. (laughs) Right. Um, Thank you very much for sharing all these things with me. Um, I just want to mention that this is the first time that we're having this kind of conversations. Um, So we were actually getting to know each other even more. with these questions and we're sharing things that I, I didn't know since we met really uh, we've been uh, talking for the past probably six years and we talk about different things definitely but you know these are so many 
so many little things um, that we usually just don't start on a regular conversation. Like, hey, um, I went to the movie last night. So do you know I became vegetarian when I was nine? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Exactly. uh, So we are going to take a little break and we'll continue again um, with um, other two questions. so please stay, stay tuned. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Embodied Wellness with Milena and Marjorie. Um, I think we just left off on two questions. So we have two more questions to go. I think Milena has one more to ask me. Yes. <laughs> um, um, so you know that... Um, the political systems um, has also um, developed different resources uh, that help them to um, influence our behavior and our minds in terms of our own internal needs. So that can be through um, the moral and ethics that um, is around your society, or it could be about um, the narrative that are shared within the families from um, a certain specific area, um, you know, it, those are just beliefs, you know, the, the belief system. So that makes me want to ask you, um, what has been a self-belief that you kind of realize now that has harmed your health before or in the past? Ooh. Ooh, so good. Um, Yeah, just to reiterate, this is, as Milena said, this is the first time we're hearing these questions. And also, I love that you're prefacing them the way you (laughs) are. It's so good. Because I think when we talk, uh, when we talk a lot on WhatsApp to keep up with our long-distance relationship, we spend a lot of time being very anti-patriarchy, anti-capitalist. So I love that we're we're bringing this in here. So if you relate, <laughs> please let us know. Um, yeah. So a self. Can you? I'm kind of forgetting the end of the question. Yeah. Self belief. What has been a self belief that you realize now that has harmed your health before? It, it could be any kind of belief. So, for example, um, quote-unquote, being sick is something to be ashamed of or scared of. Or um, normality looks in a specific way. So maybe being normal relates more to you about being tall or short or um, or chubby or skinny. So, yeah, it's, it's about self-belief. Mm. Ooh, that's so good. Um, good. There's so many self beliefs. I feel like I've either undone or I am still in the process right. of undoing. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, the ones that are coming to my mind are definitely a bit more rooted in societal norms of what being a woman looks and feels like I think I think this is the avenue I'm going to go down but basically um just 
the the idea of what being feminine is, what being a woman is, is um, there's a lot of things that thanks to uh, feminism and also thanks to uh, different groups such as different queer or trans groups, like we're starting to be able to reframe what being womanly, what being feminine, what being all of these traits can mean to you. And I think one of my limiting beliefs was that in order to be a woman, in order to be feminine, you had to be small and light and kind of the manic pixie fairy dream girl qualities of not having, um, yeah, not feeling, not being too weighed down by by the world so not letting yourself get too emotional or angry about things so just all of that kind of bottled up but one of the big physical changes that happened for me that I've only recently been able to fully understand um, was when I started doing aerial arts a few years ago and my body started I felt so strong and so good and I just wanted to keep going and what started happening to my body though was something that I think even four years ago I would not have been happy with. Um, I started to get like much larger biceps and traps so like my neck started getting a little bigger my lats were stronger but it meant that I could do so much more like I felt when I held a plank I was really I was really strong and really straight in the plank and then even more to the aerial point I was able to fling myself upside down I was able to um, flip myself over I was able to do all of these tricks and things that even when I was a child I had never been able to do like I had never been able to do monkey bars I had no upper body strength whatsoever and here I was finally like it was so joyous being able to do all of these things but it also meant that my physique has had and has changed now um to kind of take on things that we would have classed as more masculine so things like having broader arms having broader shoulders having a bigger neck having a larger chest having a really muscular back and it's something that I've learn to really embrace in myself and kind of love because I feel like it's me getting in touch with a side of myself that I was like kind of afraid of for a while because I felt like if I let myself get in touch with it I would be less of a woman and in my mind that was the limiting self-belief um was that yeah in order to to fully be be a woman in order to be feminine whatever um whatever I had thought that meant you have to maintain this very light trim Barbie doll kind of exterior so it's been it's been really interesting to kind of see myself grow physically and then to reflect on how it's changed a lot of preconceived notions inside myself about what what those terms mean and in and in a way I know it makes me no less of anything um and it makes me but it does make me happy to feel that I'm connecting to something that I had never felt connected to before because we all have those different moving pieces inside of us of like the feminine and the masculine and it's okay to be 
in touch with both of them and it feels nice it feels good totally yeah. um, I love your answer I love your answer because Um, I think now that you went in through the um, more like women kind of things that um, are expected from us and I think the self-belief that has harmed me like really 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 bad is also related to patriarchy um, because I was always letting others to frame my own health and I was um even letting a partner um I was in a in a long-term relationship and we were living together um while I was struggling with my IBS so I went into different doctors um taking tests doing different things to try to understand my what was happening to my body and Every time I was doing this kind of research or trying to go on my own because um, the doctors were not really telling me anything helpful, um, not that Western medicine is not good, um, but definitely it's not good uh, for all uh, health issues or it's not, um, it's, it's, especially, it's especially weak on uh, prevention. So... Every time I was doing my own research, uh, my partner, my ex-partner would be, uh, but why are you doing this? You're not a doctor. You should go to the doctor and just find out what's wrong with you. Um, why do you do that? You're going to just self-harm yourself and blah, 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 blah. Um, and most of the people were like that. Um, so I was self-doubting myself a lot because of what was um, other telling me. Um, and I think that that made my, my healing process even more slower um, because, yeah, every time I was trying to do something, I experienced some resistance back. So even when I was really, really, really small and I drank a glass of milk and just had to go to the bathroom right away and Of course, as a result from that experience, I'll just start hating milk. And my family would just be really mad at me because I didn't want to drink milk. And you know what all this narrative that we also have about what what are the healthy foods. So especially if you if we go back like 20 years ago, milk was, you know, this miracle calcium full um kind of food that was meant to uh help your bones and I was a little girl so my family thought that that was something that will help me to grow as a healthy human being but it was actually making me go through a lot of pain and they couldn't understand that um So that kept repeating until until I went out of that just a couple of years ago when I just said I started with yoga. Um, and after I finished that relationship, um, like four years ago, I think like three, four years ago, I started 
to get really serious on research. So I was reading a lot of like deep papers, like deep scientific papers on IBS <laughs> with Google, uh, uh, really close to me trying to understand every little wor word that I couldn't understand. And, but it, 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 you know, it's a long road. So I, I don't want to um, extend too much, but um, in my in my own experience, the self belief that has harmed me the most is self doubting myself. Um, yeah, putting others over my own intuition, I guess, because uh, we all have an an internal intuition. Your body is it's so much more than that you think, and it's probably more than that your brain. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it, it functions on its own. You you don't need to think on digest food or or bomb blood. You know, it just happens in your body. And I think tuning into into my body was what I was being like taken away from, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I know that you also have another question for me, and that probably would be the last question that we have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go for it. So, I think we talked. We've kind of covered both mind and body at this point, which I think are two of the biggest pieces that we discuss when, whenever we have a conversation about wellness. Um, but I just wanted to leave it on this third piece and it kind of goes, it goes a little bit with um, the intuition. So just kind of how there are these, there's these natural forces inside of us that like they, one, they keep the energy in our body moving, but it's also, I like to think there's a connection to, maybe something, maybe a well of greater knowledge of uh, energy from the universe, however you want to start thinking about it. But I just wanted to ask, do you have a spiritual practice? And if so, what does it, what does it look like? And maybe how has it changed or been influenced? So what is your, we talked about mind body, what is your spiritual practice? Right. Hmm. And they can be related a hundred percent. All right. Yeah, it's it's a deep question. It's a really deep question. I I think that I've always had in a spiritual life and and I I think honestly that a spiritual practice can have so many faces, you know, so many um, frames or ways to do it, and I, I, I remember myself as a little girl, um, being very spiritual, like being actually very connected with my with my thoughts and how I was feeling, um, and also that I felt I, I kind of like always have felt supported and guided, um, like. But still, I have this um, inner self-belief that I'm not enough or that maybe um, I need to do this more of this or more of that. Or maybe I'm, 
I don't receive this because I'm not blah, 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 blah. So I have a lot. I'm still also struggling with uh, many soul beliefs that, uh, of course, it definitely have a, an impact on my spiritual life. But something that I learned very recently is that no matter what you practice and what you believe in, you have to believe in yourself and spirituality starts inside it it lies within so it i mean you can go to church you can you can pray you can do so many things um to enhance your spiritual life but if you don't tune in with the soul that is inhabiting your body um there's really not much you can get out of uh, out of everything that spirituality can give you um, and I think as I said it, it can have many faces it, it can have different um, names for God uh, may for other people maybe they will believe on divine energy or just on the earth spirit um, it doesn't matter in what you believe if you if you make sure that you are tuning in with yourself and going within um, through different practices. I personally use meditation a lot um, because I feel like since I live in the city and I have a job and then um, also studying music and doing all these things, it's so easy to get lost in all the things that we want to do and we want to succeed at and it's literally that you get lost in your thoughts and it's like if your soul is just left behind and your soul is basically what where your wisdom intuition lies uh, every time you every time I found myself um, doubting or being scared of something um, and I go within I find that strength I I find the strength to 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 take that away and to reinforce my power uh, and who I am. And I also have been practicing some Tai Chi and Qigong, uh, which are uh, Chinese practices uh, that has existed for a very long time, long time. Um, and they have been helping me to tune in. Uh, so I think that we can just help each. We can just use any any practice. You can use yoga or tai chi, or you can just meditate, or maybe you can just um, go to the beach and talk to whoever you want to talk to uh, inside of you, uh, in your head, and think out loud what you really feel what you really want how does how does your soul feel right now how what does your soul needs right now maybe you need more closure maybe you need um to be close to your friends at that moment because you're feeling hurt um for any reason maybe you need um to hug a tree i don't know you just need <laughs> to find out <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> you just need to find out what you what your soul needs to heal to feel better on um, cuz i think we're usually on a uh like fight or flight kind of kind of mood you know we're just about surviving about strive striving to striving through life you know like we just want to keep going we want to keep ourselves alive which is really hard in this <laughs> in this world so um i feel that we need to we need to get our power back we need to we need to reflect more on who we are and to be really 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 strong on and and, and stand still for ourselves it doesn't matter what you practice stand still on yourself and um yeah get get your power back because we all have the we all have power inside we all have the same power that creates worlds we have it we have it inside um you don't need to be surviving only you don't need to be trying to die, trying to stay sane no get crazy and understand that try to try to go deeper what, what what's what's trying to hide from you another thing as a last thing um I'll definitely say that helped me a lot was uh of course psychology. I would I started to study uh Carl Jung if you know who he is, but he talks a lot about so he basically centered his work on the shadow work, which is the working with your subconscious. Um because understanding your shadow frees you. It sets you free. Um, we are afraid of our shadow. Um, we the darkness that we are afraid usually is the darkness that lies within. So I I'll just encourage everybody to go to YouTube and find an audiobook on Cartoon Shadow Work and just listen to it and question question your your belief system question who you are and question what you need right now like like really more going beyond money you know like oh yeah we all need money of course we all want to eat and pay rent but that's not the only thing that you need and you know it just go within mm. so, that. that's so lovely i think um gosh you said so much there that It sounds, and I, and I already knew this about you, but I didn't know specifically kind of how you felt at this given moment. Um, but it sounds like you have a very rich well of internal spiritual practices and also external, but I love what you said about starting your spiritual practices, doing like a deep dive into yourself and always being able to connect inward Um And being able to like find that that power that's inside you because that really is what kind of the heart of the word spiritual means is I think people we think about spirit and we might in like Judeo-Christian religions think yeah. um, like oh a holy spirit something we think oh it's other than other than us so like God is something outside of us um, but being able to take that spiritual back within us and reminding ourselves that like we have a soul we have a spirit we have something inside us that is connected to a source that is bigger than us and it's important to kind of nurture that and take care of that inner inner self that inner world 
Um, so I just love all of those things that you said. I also think it would be cute at some point if we did uh, an episode, maybe doing a deeper dive into shadow, um, the shadow that you were talking about. Cause I think, I think a lot of people would probably want to know, including myself <laughs> would want to definitely know more about that. So I think in our future episodes, we're going to kind of be um, crossing back and forth between mind, body, movement, spiritual practices, and just kind of all of our episodes will be around a different theme, but we'll still follow in the same line of uh, those types of wellnesses in our bodies. Yeah. And I love to do it because many people, I think, I think it's even harder to do the shadow work because it's like, um, what? The shadow what? What is that? Oh, I heard it and I was like, yes, I am there. Shadow what? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am here for it. I want to know more. <laughs> so yeah, we, we, we should definitely do a, an episode on that. Um, so I want to thank all the people that, has been listening to us to our conversation i probably i'm not sure if you're um listening to my little dog barking outside <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah i apologize for that but yeah life humanity can't apologize for it. okay um but yeah i um i want to conclude this this session um with um, we, I, I know that you have some fund fundings, um, kind of like institutions or organizations that are supporting yeah. people right now that are uh, going through this hard times um, because of the COVID-19. So yeah, go for it. Yeah, definitely. So um for those of you listening, as you know, there is a global pandemic happening right now. And um, the the good news is that there are so many wonderful charities and organizations functioning right now where if you are like me and at points feeling a little helpless and wondering what you can do um, in order to help provide resources or time to some of these different places. Um, I just have a few here. So for my friends who are located in the Chicagoland area, there are two resources I found. One is the, oh, and just because there are two resources, I know there are so many more. Um, these are just the two for today, but if you do have some other ideas, please let us know. Um, but one of them is the Chicago Artist Relief Fund. They are helping to provide funding, money, resources to artists living in Chicago because, of course, right now it is, it's always difficult to be an artist, but even more so now when you can't get out there to sell your work, make your work, um, and so much is dependent on the social interaction around art. So what they do is they are prioritizing they're um, queer and people of color artists of the Chicagoland area, and you can donate to their website to help these artists. Also in Chicago, there is an organization called Transformative Spaces. This is a really cool organization because they actually post 
different stories and people sharing what is going on in their lives right now and what they um what they are needing and so you can actually directly provide money into their accounts uh so that's another really great um service another great organization in edinburgh for my friends in edinburgh we have um volunteer edinburgh organization and one of the amazing things that they do if you don't have money to donate is you can sign up to be a kindness caller so basically just checking in with people who might be socially isolating right now um, because of pre-existing health conditions or they're older um, and, and people who might just be socially isolated and need somebody to talk to because more than ever, I think we're realizing just how important it is to keep up that social connection for our mental and um, also physical well-being. So... So those are just a few ideas. Thank you so much, though, for tuning into this episode of Embodied Wellness. We will be shortly dropping another episode. Um, our second episode is going to be all about intuitive movement. Mm -hmm.